Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. The start of another broadcast week. Good to have you back with us. Hope you had a great weekend. A relaxing one. An opportunity to unwind. And now we're back at it. And once again, we still have the ongoing saga of elections ever with us. I saw, and I think we'll mention later on, it's amazing to me. There are still... 18 House races yet to be decided, which is why we still don't know who's going to have control of the House. It's likely it will be Republicans by a very thin margin. But this is crazy. They're still counting votes, ladies and gentlemen. And I know some people are immediately going to think, fraud, 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 fraud. You know, frankly, from that standpoint, it doesn't even matter. The bigger question is why? Why are we still counting votes This far after the election. It's just crazy. Obviously, bad news to report, because since the last time I was with you, we did learn the Democrats have overtaken the count in the effort to control the Senate. The Democrats have reached that magic number of 50. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I do have a couple of good items to start with in a couple of key races. Beginning in Clark County, that's the county where a sheriff has taken out a governor. Sheriff Joe Lombardo has unseated Nevada Democrat Governor Steve Sisolak. So... This is a net gain in terms of governorships for the Republican Party, which is very much a good thing. Days after the midterm election, this is another area where they had vote counting delays in several counties. New York Times showing Trump endorsed Lombardo a little more than two points ahead of Sisolak, 49.2% to 47% at 93% of the vote counted. Lombardo unseating the first Democrat to win the office since 1994. This has been a close race during the entire campaign, but it's been Lombardo pulling ahead by several points in the polls over the past few months. And this is interesting when you think about polling, because there's been a lot of conversation about how accurate are these polls. Real Clear Politics gave Lombardo a 2.8 average lead over Sisolak by Election Day. 2.8. Where does this stand right now? 2.2. Pretty darn close, don't you think? Sisolak has now conceded after the projection of this victory. Stating it's not the outcome I want. I believe in our election system, in democracy, and honoring the will of Nevada voters. 
Throughout the campaign, the state's two-term top law enforcement officer honed in on crime and on Sisolak's draconian leadership during the pandemic, resulting in business closures, school closures, learning losses, inflation, border security. Sisolak, what did he do for his messaging? (laughs) The abortion issue. That's what he hoped would actually save him. And as you can see, it did not. The spending is also interesting. Sisolak spent $13.6 million this year. Lombardo, $4.8 million in the final campaign contribution and expense reports. Less than half. Less than half. This is pretty awesome. It's a historically purple state. Former President Donald Trump was not favored in the state in 2016 or 2020. Joe Biden won the state by 2.4 percentage points in 2020. However, unaffiliated voters, which make up a large swath of Nevada voters, have been nationally leaning toward the GOP. They're expected to have played a huge role in the outcome of this race. Folks, I want you to remember this theme because this is a very important theme for now, for the future. It's those unaffiliated voters. More people are turning away from these political parties. Now, unfortunately, across the board in many of these areas, many of these independents or unaffiliated voters, they voted Democrat. There was no reason on the planet for these folks to vote Democrat. We'll continue to have discussions about this and the implications and the self-examination that is needed in order to reverse this. One of the Christian values that I've spoken of a good number of times, especially in Transformation Tuesday, is the importance of sacrifice. Let me ask you a question. If... If Jesus himself came to you and said, I want you to run for office, but you're not going to win, would you do it? You're not going to win, but I want you to run. Here's why I bring this up. Sometimes it's not about us. Folks, if we learn nothing else, it's vital that we move away from a focus on advancement of self because sometimes there's a greater good that is accomplished by our presence that may not personally benefit us. I think many of us were disappointed when we saw that Lee Zeldin did not pull off a victory in the state of New York. After all, folks, this is New York. That is a tough, tough hill to climb. It is. And as awful as Governor Kathy Hochul is, it's still a Democrat state. But I have a greater appreciation for Lee Zeldin, who tried. Who put his life on the line and did it. It was always an uphill battle. Zeldin conceded to Hochul Wednesday... 
after running one of the closest gubernatorial races in New York in 20 years. But here's the part I want to tell you about, which is really important. His presence on the ballot. Anybody who has looked at this objectively has concluded just his running helped other Republicans win. And it comes down to a total of 11 House seats for the GOP. They flipped one, and this was a key seat. The Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee Chair, Representative Sean Maloney, Maloney. here he is trying to win seats for Democrats all across the country, and guess what? He lost his own. Republican gubernatorial nominee said on Twitter, Republicans were able to flip four congressional districts in the Empire State, breaking the Democrats' supermajority in the state Senate and receiving the most votes of any GOP nominee in the state since Nelson Rockefeller, declaring Team Zeldin put in the max effort every day and has no regrets. It was such an honor to lead this year's ticket. So by being on the top of the ticket and doing so well, he helped other candidates. This is what servanthood is all about, folks. Stay with us. And we are back on the broadcast. Wow, this text line started scrolling away already. What do we have here? Oh, my goodness. Starting here, just saying, Mike Pence, is he good or not? What if DeSantis was with Trump? Would his career look the same as Pence's now? Uh, Probably. Vince, life is all about personal choices. Democrats want to make all of our choices for us. The Republicans are wanting to just encourage us to keep making basic, stupid choices. They're both all about themselves. We are screwed until the revolution. Vince for president. Well, count me out if you're talking revolution. Don't put my name in anywhere. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Revolution. Good morning. In my humble opinion, we're turning into a third world banana republic. I have very little faith in our election system and half the citizens of our country anymore after the 2020 election was allowed to be stolen by cheating and fraud. We're now seeing the same thing take place again. There's no way in today's time with our current technology it should take two to three weeks to count votes. It's shameful, disgusting, and humiliating. Wow. Tell us what you really think. To ensure a Republican Party victory in 2024, the best thing Donald Trump can do is step aside and endorse Ron DeSantis. Okay. Vince, one of two things is true. Either more people in this country than not love crime and unsafe neighborhoods, paying more, a lot more, for everything they purchase, an open border allowing drugs into the country to kill our kids, and a public indoctrination system that teaches our kids there's no such thing as sex and the benefits of a racist society or the election results are fraudulent. The direction we go from here it depends on the answer to this question hmm Vince, isn't it strange every time a republican has a lead in a swing state 
They need to keep counting and counting. But when a Democrat has the lead, it's victory. But nothing to see here. Nothing fishy. Even our wonderful leaders, McCarthy and McConnell, say so. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need, the reassurance of those two. And we'll talk about those two coming up. Vince, I think many independents and swing voters do not vote straight line, Republican or Democrat. Many voters don't vote purely on political issues, but rather how likable the candidate presents themselves. That's interesting. I call this the likability factor, which in close races becomes a significant factor. You are so right. Important point. Vince, you mean to tell me we can't? We can count 38 million votes for America's Got Talent in one night. But states can't count a few million? Something is not right with that. That being said, this tyrannical government on both sides of the aisle... Better remember, we have the Constitution on our side. Mm-hmm. Vince, when you talked about being led by the Lord to run, even though the candidate would lose... Thought you were talking about Pat Harrigan. Because that was a similar message. Hmm. Everything we preach about developing character and individual accountability, we seem to throw out the political window. We know so much more about candidates to lump winners or losers into political parties is a disservice to every voter. That is from Dean. DeSantis needs to run in 28, not 24. Let Trump go in 24 so we can get 12 years. Oh, okay. The military watched and recorded this corrupt election. Wait till Tuesday in Trump's announcement. Hint, it's not about running for 24. Think Myanmar. Really? Hmm. Equal time take. Nevada governor's race decided by the people that know the situation best. Nevadans. Let's see if the sheriff can keep it. But I don't care, as I don't live there. Next, perhaps votes are still being counted because of all the new laws passed by the Republicans in those states to satisfy talk show hosts and residents pushing the big obvious lie. And now we have this. Finally, a ton of us have switched to being independent, and yet... Republicans hadn't figured out. It's because of them. I listen and look at the party supporters and I see the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. The only difference between Republicans and Democrats is how fast to the bottom you want to go. Republicans will take you on the scenic route. Democrats will take you express. <laughs> Just a sampling of some of the items over on our text line. If you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Market Stock Line, 800-928-1110. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Before the break, I told you about Lee Zeldin. He lost his race, but because he was at the top of the ticket, everyone agrees. They agree. Four congressional districts in the Empire State were flipped because of his presence. You know, wouldn't it be interesting to see if that ends up being the margin that Republicans win by to win the House? All because one man who some might even label a loser. As far as I'm concerned, Lee Zeldin is a, still a winner in my book. 
for going out and taking one for the team. I want to talk about leadership. (laughs) And I use this word very lightly, especially when we start talking about what's going on with the House and the Senate. First off, I mentioned there are 18 races that have not been called yet. Isn't this crazy? Tomorrow will make a week since the election. 18 races not called yet. From what I understand, Republicans need to win six of those to gain the majority. Six races. NBC News has this story. Kevin McCarthy's bid to be House Speaker is in jeopardy. Oh my goodness, I'm going to cry. It was back in 2015 when bomb throwers in the House Freedom Caucus derailed Kevin McCarthy's quest to become Speaker. By the way, if I may insert (laughs) parenthetically, this shows me again, Kevin McCarthy is not very smart. Not only is he a failure as a member of Congress, because I told you his liberty score is an F. It's an F. And it's not a it's not a right on the margin F, folks. It's not like a fifty nine. It's lower. I think it's in the forties. Seven years later, members of the I love the way NBC describes this. You know, did you think NBC ever refers to somebody as ultra-liberal? But listen to how they describe the Freedom Caucus. Members of the ultra-conservative Trump-aligned group are once again causing major headaches for McCarthy as the California Republican makes another run for the top job. Now, at this point, we don't know who will control the House. Definitely. Republicans would have a razor-thin majority should they win. Nobody's made the call yet, but there's already jockeying for leadership roles under the assumption they will be able to seize power. We'll talk about it. Kevin McCarthy's bid to be our speaker in jeopardy. Praise the Lord. Stay with us. Over on the text line, this one's funny. I mentioned 18 races yet to be resolved for the House Republicans need to win six for the majority. This texture says when they finish counting all the artificially created ballots, the GOP will win five of the needed six, and the Dems will keep control. Senate will be 51-49 by Dems as well, just waiting on the printers in China to ship the votes out. Wow. Talk about cynical and skeptical. <laughs> I don't understand. If this is a national election, why isn't there a standard way to vote? I think Florida's got it right. The country should adopt what they are doing there, their way for national elections. Well, this is kind of tricky because we do want elections to remain under state control. The Democrats want to nationalize things, by the way, which we certainly do not want. Vince, it would not surprise me if McConnell and McCarthy purposely sabotaged their own party just to facilitate them staying in power. (laughs) Keep in mind, they're leftovers of the Bush regime. But I'm just a conspiracy theorist. By the way, does this tinfoil hat make my head look big? 
Ha ha ha, Jeff. Vince, I just got a return call from Representative Duncan's office, I assume, as in Jeff Duncan. While there are obvious factors at play, winning the remaining races for a majority, I was assured they already have a phone list going of ABM calls, anybody but McCarthy. I was advised to take a look at Jim Jordan and Andy Biggs as front-running opposition. The gentleman I spoke with expressed gratitude for calling now versus when a speaker candidate gets named. Please ask your listeners to call their reps now to oppose Kevin McCarthy. Yes, do it. Yes, yes, yes. Major issue with the elections, all the pay political advertising, it doesn't work anymore. Platforms like TikTok which is free, allows stuff like Mike Lee saying he's intending on doing away with Social Security and Medicare, replaying Herschel Walker, saying stupid stuff on loop. People watch it all the time because it's entertaining and they vote accordingly. Hmm. Did you hear the reason the scanners were all jammed up in Arizona? When they opened the polls, they had 20-inch ballots instead of 19-inch when they used 19-inch in the 2022 primaries, 2020 primaries, and general election. And they had to set them aside, look at them individually, and try to figure out who they were voting for. A mistake or a calculated mission to cheat by the Dems. Oh, my gosh. Just crazy. Until Republicans start coming up with a plan, instead of just saying what the Dems are doing wrong, they will never win. They've got to come out with something concrete. So here we are. Kevin McCarthy running into a roadblock. We told you about this last week. The Freedom Caucus went to him and said, hey, here are some things we think ought to be addressed. He actually ignored them. Well, the Freedom Caucus should ignore him. Please, no Kevin McCarthy. Some House Freedom Caucus members are outright opposed to McCarthy. Others are demanding concessions from him that would greatly water down his power as Speaker. Because the majority so then, McCarthy will need the support of nearly every Republican, which gives the Freedom Caucus enormous leverage. So far, nobody's stepped forward to challenge McCarthy. He shouldn't have a problem winning a simple majority of Republicans at a closed-door meeting of his members on Tuesday. You should know this, folks. This again. This. How many times have I told you about this? Listen carefully for what I'm about ready to tell you. Former President Donald Trump has endorsed McCarthy for Speaker. Donald Trump along with other potential rivals. Jim Jordan, a Freedom Caucus leader, that's a profound disappointment. I'm really ashamed by what Jim Jordan has done here. A small handful of Republicans could keep McCarthy from winning the Speaker's gavel. During the vote on January 3rd, the first day of the new Congress, he needs 218 Republican votes on the House floor. Democrats won't help, meaning it's possible fewer than a dozen conservatives could derail McCarthy's chances and throw the process into chaos. Chip Roy from Texas saying nobody's got 218. Roy has previously told NBC News he's not decided who is backing for speaker. 
I personally stated Kevin McCarthy has not done anything to earn my vote. That's from Bob Good from Virginia. Many times we come to the minority leader over the last two years, asked him to fight on various opportunities, various issues, and have not seen the demonstrated fight that we're looking for, for those who would aspire to lead us. And so I expect there would be a challenge to him as a speaker candidate, as there should be. Russ Vote, an influential conservative activist who went on to serve as Trump's White House budget director, also warned against the McCarthy leadership in a statement. Kevin McCarthy's leadership is in deep trouble. Members will have to go home and explain to constituents why they're voting for a leader who's not committed to waging war against a woke and weaponized government. We need a wartime leader who eats confrontation with his adversaries for breakfast and is committed to an America first agenda. Saving the country requires nothing less. I agree with this 100%. By the way, one of the, I mean, this again, this is so sad. You got all these people, all of these people running for the house. And you've got one person, one person who wants to be Speaker of the House. Surely there are others out there. Maybe this person is waiting. Maybe somebody else is waiting for the right moment. I can only hope. But you're telling me this is going to end up being the only choice. And I've heard before there are other people who wanted somebody else in that position. But nobody else would run. (laughs) This is sad. Still to come on the broadcast, there's the same kind of unsettled atmosphere in the Senate. They're going to have a race for minority leader. They had hoped it would be majority leader. And Mitch McConnell is determined that vote is going to happen this week come hell or high water. Still to come, we'll tell you what some brave people are calling for. And you'll be shocked to learn who one of those people happens to be as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. And over on the text line, we've got this. Hey, Vince, I would just love Senator John Kennedy to be speaker. Imagine all those fantastic one-liners. That would be kind of interesting to have a senator as Speaker of the House. Or are you looking at Minority Leader? Just kind of curious. Vince, if they had a closed-door vote for Speaker on Tuesday, we'll know the results by Christmas. (laughs) Please ask your listeners, how will any of this change or affect their personal lives? Or perhaps you know. People that really know realize no president or party can do anything with any prices on anything. So will all of a sudden, if Republicans win, will people with a high school diploma make more than people with a viable college degree? I seriously doubt it. Or will they continue to blame the elites for their personal bad decisions in life? I think so, this texture says. Jim Jordan would make a better choice for speaker. Rick Scott is the right choice for a Senate minority leader. It's Carl out of Malden. 
Vince, no McConnell, no McCarthy. I feel like we've reached the 2022 version of the Alamo. Either we fight or it's over. If the speaker doesn't have to be a congressman, let's put Sarah Palin in and watch the heads explode. <laughs> have you heard a commentator on NBC is conniving to get Liz Cheney as House Speaker? Remember we talked about this a few weeks ago? Do you know all it takes? And we don't know what the margin is going to be. If it's really, really razor thin, you could bring Liz Cheney to the contest. And if she gets every Democrat to vote for her and just a few Republicans, they can pull this off and make her speaker. I mean, you would, can you imagine what a circus that would be for the next two years? But folks, I, as crazy as things have been, I don't rule out anything. I really don't. So Lindsey Graham has now added his voice to call for a hold on Senate leadership. They're planning to do a vote this week. Lindsey Graham has joined the chorus of Republicans calling for a delay on any Senate leadership votes until after the Georgia runoff. That makes perfect sense. There's no reason in the world they ought to rush this. Graham announced in a tweet on Sunday a prior a vote prior to the Georgia runoff would be unfair to Republican Herschel Walker if he were to beat Raphael Warnock. In light of the runoff, it would be appropriate to delay Senate leadership elections until we know who is in this Senate Republican conference. I totally agree with Senator Ted Cruz that to do otherwise would be disrespectful to Herschel Walker. All Republicans should be focused on winning in Georgia and trying to understand the midterm elections before Senate leadership elections or moving on to the 2024 presidential race. It's not often that I say this, but I agree with Lindsey Graham here. Multiple senators have called for a delay of the vote, which could potentially remove Senator Mitch McConnell from his leadership position if enough people oppose it. Last week, it was Senator Josh Hawley out of Missouri saying he would not support McConnell prior to the midterm election in which Republicans failed to take back the Senate. May narrowly get the House. The senator made his declaration during a campaign stop Monday. I don't imagine I will, no. This is what he said when he was asked if he would support McConnell. Not sure if any other senator will run or not. Nobody's indicated they would. My view is we need new leadership in that position. Duh! Holly ticked off a list of decisions over the last two years he disagreed on. Ukraine funding, infrastructure, public safety bills, campaign spending. In Arizona, New Hampshire... I did not agree with the idea that you go out there and badmouth our own candidates in the middle of an election. That was pretty foolish. And as Breitbart News reported, the Alaska Republican Party voted to censure Mitch McConnell in October for using his Senate leadership fund to spend $9 million against Kelly Shabaka to protect 21-year incumbent and pro-impeachment Senator Lisa Murkowski in a very tight re-election race. That censure passed by a 49-8 to 8 vote. People in Alaska do not like Mitch McConnell, and for good reason. The Alaska Republican Party State Central Committee condemned 
the divisive and misleading statements from the Senate Leadership Fund and the inappropriate use of millions of dollars from the Senate Leadership Fund to oppose our endorsed candidate, Kelly Shabaka. So in other words, the state, they were pushing for her. They did not want Lisa Murkowski again. 49 to 8, people. Finally, be it resolved, we request the Senate Leadership Fund immediately stop the attack ads against Kelly Shabaka and discontinue the support of all other opposing candidates. And, of course, they didn't. Mitch McConnell, this old fool, needs to be sent back home to Kentucky. Send him back home. By the way, I will predict, if he doesn't get elected majority leader, the minority leader... He's going to retire. He cannot endure being in the Senate, not being in some position of power. Let's send him back home to Kentucky, please. And let's send Kevin McCarthy back home with nothing. No leadership position for Kevin McCarthy. This would be a great start to 2023. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And here we are, hour number two of the broadcast just reading over some of these texts. <laughs> Goodness. Let's try this one out. Vincent, Trump's rally last, the last rally for J.D. Vance. I heard Jim Jordan say Trump was the best president ever. Now he backs McCarthy because Trump does. Is Jordan secretly Trump's number one for vice president? Oh, my goodness. Ah. <sighs> Let's hope Lindsey is not considered as minority leader, as in Lindsey Graham. Republicans are eating each other. We can never vote for a Democrat. This person says, since the Speaker of the House doesn't have to be a member of Congress, let's nominate Trump. Would that not create a firestorm? It certainly would. Believe me, the idea has been floated. What I took from this election, the country is as divided as talk show hosts want us to believe. I wonder if talk show hosts and officials continue to name call when they disagree with the topic. Lindsay's confused. Somebody tell him he's not up for re-election. Don't start acting like a conservative yet. Hmm. <laughs> eh, better not share that one. My goodness. So the good news, and you know, we spent pretty much the first hour sharing some good news stories with you, some races that were won. Also, the fact that it's not a foregone conclusion for the first time in a long time that these two retreads in the Republican Party, it's not a foregone conclusion they are going to get elected to lead the Republican Party. This is a good direction. It really is. Let's hope, let's hope that we do not see 
the election of Mitch McConnell this week as minority leader. A delay would be a great start. A complete rejection of Mitch McConnell would be cause for celebration. Let's see how this unfolds in the coming days. I want to also praise Virginia's Governor Glenn Youngkin. Last week we told you about the attack from Donald Trump. In fact, I was just reading a really good section. My friend, um, I'm trying to remember his name now. Oh my goodness, this is what happens with sleep deprivation. Remember I told you a couple of few weeks ago? I forgot where I was born. I'm serious. Sleep deprivation has been that bad at times that certain things have slipped me. But the guy who's written a book called Pagan Christianity, he's got a new book out. It's really excellent. In fact, I think we're going to have him on this broadcast very soon. But he just wrote a section on forgiveness and a section on how we engage people. Uh, And this from a Christian perspective, obviously, that we don't strike back just because somebody strikes at us. And I know there are people who, uh, I, I just want to be very blunt about this. There are a lot of, quote, Christian people who are involved in politics who have bought into a philosophy. I'm going to be blunt about this. That's profoundly anti-Christian. And the premise of it is we've got to win. And so we've got to, you know, this is a special circumstance. Therefore, we need to respond in kind. See, I've never I've never believed this nonsense. I think you can fight without turning into your accuser and your opponent. Anyway, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin shrugged off a recent barb from former President Trump who lashed out at him as speculation builds Youngkin might indeed run for the White House in 2024. Here's what he said. Listen, you all know me. I do not call people names. I really work hard to bring people together. That's not the way I roll and not the way I behave. Good for you, Governor Youngkin. You might recall last week it was Trump who made fun of Youngkin's last name in a post on Truth Social suggesting it sounds Chinese, also claiming the Virginia governor could not have won his election without Trump's backing. Youngkin, that's an interesting take. Sounds Chinese, doesn't it? And Virginia couldn't have won without me. I endorsed him, did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically, got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning. Youngkin's last year notable because he managed to walk a fine line on Trump, neither rejecting nor embracing the former president. See, I think Youngkin is so wise. You don't have to come out and oppose Trump. And you don't have to come out and strongly support him either. The surprising victory came in a state President Biden won in 2020 by about 10 points. Ladies and gentlemen, there's an example of how you do it right there. As you know, the former president's been on the offense in the wake of Tuesday's midterms. He appears to be gearing up to announce his own presidential bid this week. Also taking jabs at Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, another potential contender. 
who's getting a lot of positive media coverage. And speaking of that positive media coverage, we have this. A new national poll that finds Ron DeSantis has now a seven-point edge over Trump in 2024. This story in the New York Post, seven-point edge over Donald Trump at a potential presidential primary battle. This is the first survey of 2024 to indicate this. This is also the first poll since February 2016 to point to a weakening of Trump's GOP dominance. 42% of Republicans and GOP-leaning independents prefer DeSantis over Trump as the party's 2024 standard bearer. 35% of those surveyed remain in 45's corner. This is a reversal of the numbers that YouGov found in October, three weeks before the midterms. Pretty significant. Last month, 45% supported Trump's White House bid, 35% for the Florida governor. As you know, he romped to a 19-point re-election victory. But a number of other Trump-supported Republicans went down to disappointing defeats. 1,500 Americans surveyed for this over a three-day period after the midterms. 413 self-identified Republicans and GOP leaners. The sample, a 3% margin of error. So, this is pretty interesting. I am not surprised at all. We told you about previous polls with Donald Trump down. The last one was way back in February 2016. NBC Wall Street Journal. Remember this? Texas Senator Ted Cruz had a two-point lead over Trump. That was the last time any national survey gave another Republican the first place slot in a primary poll. So, if this trend continues, this looks like this could be the beginning of a downward trend for the former president. What do you think? Still to come on the broadcast, more election news. And also, we'll talk about the former vice president back in the news. Stay with us. You know, I've got some items here on the text line I really love. All of them are intriguing, beginning with this. Is anybody in any position of power interested in the Constitution and the people of this country as opposed to a party and or power for themselves? Very discerning question. This texter reminds the host, the sleep-deprived host, who he was trying to make reference to. It's Frank Viola. He's <laughs> written the book that I'm reading. Thank you. It's not sleep deprivation, Vince. It's making you forget things. It's called old age. LOL. I've got the CRS disease myself. That's from Ron. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ron. I think I'm going to get off off the show and have some drinks. And Anyway, just kidding. Trump is embarrassing himself and me as a past supporter, this texture says. Vince, going with a nicey-nice McCain plan. 
as we all saw, a failing strategy. That's not... See, this is where people really get things screwed up. Being nice has nothing to do with John McCain. In fact, if you know John McCain, you know he was not a nice man. He was a very nasty, angry old man. So do not ever, ever confuse being nice with McCain. This texture says, looks like you could learn from young kid on name calling. <laughs> I think the New York Post called Trump Trumpy Dumpty. I'm supporting DeSantis Noam. That would be a really cool ticket, don't you think? Although I think if it is DeSantis, he will have a minority as the vice presidential candidate. Who knows? Tim Scott, maybe? I'm just throwing that out. Just a guess. I have to continue to support Trump. I think he's the guy to clean out the swamp. I love DeSantis, but I have a feeling if he gets up to the top, he'll fail. What do you base this on? See, this doesn't make any sense. Why in the world would you take somebody who has multiple bankruptcies, and you have no doubt about him, and DeSantis, who has nothing but a record of success, and you're afraid he's going to fail? It, It doesn't make any sense. In line with the other rhinos, Trump wins again. He only has four years, and I think you'll take no prisoners, Joe, is saying that. Joe is saying that. See, I'm very skeptical about this. Why, again, are you endorsing Kevin McCarthy? See, I said the same thing about Mitch McConnell. Why did Donald Trump, if you, how, let me just ask you this question. Let's do a little logical exercise. Do you not agree that Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy are part of the swamp. Do you agree with that or not? And if they are swamp creatures, why the hell would anybody support them? Why did Donald Trump support them? Because they kissed his ass. That's why they supported him. And once Mitch McConnell was off of the Trump train, what did Donald Trump do? He's thrown him under the bus. Now he wants a leadership change. True conservatives wanted a leadership change years ago. I warned you about this years ago, ladies and gentlemen. At the end of the day, again, what is the answer? This is all about Donald Trump again. It was never about conservatism. It was never about loving the country. It was always about people supporting him. What was in his self-interest? And he threw you and I under the bus on this issue because he wanted to preserve himself. That's what this was all about. I don't hesitate to say that. But the thing is, nothing's changed. It's always been this way. I just hope more people start to recognize this. We've already told you about the fact that the Senate is going to stay in Democrat hands. Drudge election headlines. Carrie Lake fades down 1%, although there's also indications, at least she is under the impression, she may have the votes to win. Everybody's calling this race too close to call. We will see. Some are demanding the military step in on this ballot issue. The fact that we're still counting nearly a week out. Biden taking his victory lap. Nancy Pelosi, no plans to step down. Of course not. 
She's holding on to some hope. She may actually remain speaker. It's not impossible. There's another interesting article. We may spend time on this sometime this week. But there's one author who's suggesting one of the major reasons Donald Trump is running is that as a candidate, it might be less likely that the prosecutors will go after him. That it might provide some protection from prosecution. It's a really interesting theory. I don't think it's crazy either. I think it's possible that that's a major reason why he is very eager to announce. Democrats keep control of the Senate. Catherine Cortez Masto's victory in Nevada gave Democrats the 50 seats they needed to keep the Senate. Chuck Schumer saying we've got a lot done, a lot more for the American people. The American people rejected, soundly rejected, the anti-democratic, authoritarian, nasty, and divisive direction the MAGA Republicans wanted to take our countries. Make our, make me barf. I mean, this is so nauseating. Chuck Schumer in power again for another two years. Now, I'm told that the map looks a lot better for Republicans in 2024. But I'll tell you what. If there's not some serious self-examination of what went wrong in this election, our expectations should not be much higher for 2024 than they are right now. Just saying. One of the election issues that I'm sure was on the ballot January 6th. January 6th. (laughs) David Muir from ABC did a an interview with Mike Pence, the former vice president, an exclusive interview calling President Donald Trump's rhetoric reckless on January 6th as a mob of his supporters ransacked the Capitol last year with Pence and others temporarily forced into hiding. Here is just a clip of that conversation that took place. ABC's David Muir talking with Mike Pence about that fateful day. Listen up. Members were barricaded inside the House chamber. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it all, you can see that the president has tweeted. 2.24 p.m., the president tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. It angered me. But I turned to my daughter who was standing nearby and I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law. It takes courage to uphold the law. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It was clear he decided to be part of the problem. Again, that's former Vice President Mike Pence. And and I... And this is no secret. I've never been a Mike Pence fan, but it's hard to disagree with what he's communicated here. Much more as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast. Before we go to some of your calls... 
Uh, many of you are probably already aware about the death of Jim Bohannon. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, it was so sudden. We saw the announcement that he was leaving his show because of his cancer diagnosis, and it reached a point where he was just not able to continue. Legendary radio talk show host Jim Bohannon, passing away at the age of 78, starting his radio career way back in high school and college after military service, including a tour of duty in Vietnam. He worked at several local stations, eventually joining Mutual Network. I love Mutual Broadcasting System, and I remember the conversation Jim and I had about my long history listening to him, including listening to him, I think this was back in the 80s. When he was on WCFL and he was doing some segments for Mutual Broadcasting System then. Mutual, now under control of Westwood One in 83. In 1993, Jim took over the radio microphone from Larry King when he moved to CNN. The nightly Jim Bohannon show debuted airing nationwide on hundreds of stations until his death. Greg Macheri, colleague of mine in this industry, saying very sad, the passing of legendary broadcaster and person Jim Bohannon, the epitome of world class. My best to his family. And uh, we offer our condolences. Jim Bohannon, who also... Um, graciously served as a fill-in host on 106.3 WRD. And by all accounts, just everyone who worked with him just absolutely loved Jim. So we say goodbye to a real legend, radio legend. Let's go out to a couple of your calls here, beginning with this call out of the sprawling metropolis of Fort Mill, Fox, I believe it is. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Vince. How are you? All right, sir. Oh, my God. So I'm a former Trumpster. Um, he's not to answer. The problem in politics is everybody's in it for self-gain. The country was founded that you would be a representative. So back then, they didn't have to think about term limits. Well, now we do. Because if you take Rick Scott out of Florida, he's worth $300 million, and he sits on a couple of committees that can steer government contracts to, to certain ways, certain things, certain areas of the country, you know, certain individuals, and things like that. And I want to start what's called the Common Sense Party. Okay. And, and I just, I, I don't understand why people can't see that, Politics is not supposed to be a career. It never has been. We need a representative that wants to fix the country more than they want personal gain. That's why I can't be a Trumpster anymore. Um, you can't be a Biden guy because, for God's sakes, look at what's, ha what's happened. I mean, yeah, come on. I hear you. And then, you know, so the, the easiest way to do it is to start over again. There's so much power, and they've rigged the way you have to start a political party so much that they've tried to make it impossible. Yeah. But, you know, nothing is impossible if you will get out there and open your mouth. I got a question that's, that's for you. How I, feel. I have a major objection to your idea of a common sense party. Mm -hmm. 
how many people could you possibly find who would join that? Well, you, 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 might, the, find, you might not find as many as you, as you want or need, but, it, but it, it would be something different than what we have now, because what we have now is not even close to the answer. And I hear they, you. And the reason I was a Trumpster is because I wanted a guy who wasn't part of the political machine I get it. up in D.C. That's I'm the only you. reason. You, That's missed, the main you reason. missed the joke, by the way, because I'm saying there aren't many people with common sense. That's, no, I, I, that's course, the reason I completely you understand that. <laughs> you can't find very many. <laughs> I completely get that, and a lot of people have asked me that question. <laughs> However, you know, it, it, government was founded to help the masses. If you have a bill in Congress that helps 85% of the people, you should vote yes. And if you have a bill that helps 50% of the people, well, you might need to take a step back. It's not that difficult. No, it's it's not at all. And it's not that difficult. I don't understand. You want to fix the border? Let me put a couple snipers out there. Don't shoot any women or children. Shoot a couple <laughs> of men once they enter the Rio Grande, and they'll stop. Oh, my goodness. It's Boy, you're hardcore. You are really okay. hardcore here. I, hey, I am very hardcore because I'm 56 years old, Vince. Yeah. I've worked my ass to the bone for the little bit that I have. I have no problem with that whatsoever. If I die tomorrow, I've had a great life. It's not a problem. But I don't like where the country is headed, and yeah. I don't understand a lot of what's going on today because we don't value life anymore. I'm, I'm with you. Hey, uh, do me a favor. Hold on the line because i like to get some information from you to follow up. Uh, very stimulating conversation. I hope you do call again as well. Um, I think Bernie will be getting some information to pass on here. Rob, you got about a minute. Can you hit it uh, real quick here out of Indian land? No, I can't hit it, my, uh, my brother, but can you give me a prelude, and, and we can talk tomorrow? How's that? I'll call back tomorrow. Very sorry to hear about Jim Bohannon. He was a gentleman. Yes, he was, absolutely. You know, he was a real gentleman. I put him in the same class uh, as you. I know you. I know that may embarrass you. No. I put him in the same class as you. And, I feel honored. Uh, I enjoyed his show every now and then, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, very sad. Yeah. Very sad to hear about him. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, you know, I was a Trump man, and, uh, you know, I'm a black conservative Republican. As you may uh, know, I'm going to let you know, uh, remind you of that. Uh, Trump, I love him. He did a lot of great things for the country. Uh, but now I'm moving into DeSantis uh, territory, and I'll call back tomorrow and tell you why. Well, Rob, I also want you to hold on the line as well so we can get some information from you. But, yes, let's have that conversation tomorrow. And, and again, our condolences out to the family of uh, Jim Bohannon. We've been truly blessed to have a legend working with us. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.